Hey y'all, it's your boy Jerry. It's another episode of Blue Mafia. We're talking Bills recap, Thanksgiving recap. Little top five quarterback matchups every week. You know what we do. Little top five quarterback matchups with the implications. Big playoff implications. It's a long year, 17 years, 17 weeks to be exact. It's gonna be a long one. Not always a long one here on the show. We're doing it freaking Saturday right now. Margo, the next door neighbor of Clark Griswold, just got attacked by snots on Christmas vacation to my left. We're shooting it in the home studio. Someday we're gonna have a big, beautiful studio. We're gonna have live guests. We're gonna shoot live. We're gonna go live. We're gonna be live. But for right now, the studio is here in my home in the Elmwood Village. So I appreciate you listening. We're gonna open right up with the Bills. What are we thinking? I am satisfied. With the effort and energy portrayed by the Bills team, we once again looked like a young, vibrant, dynamic team. It was interesting, though, how the team responded and exited the locker room for the second half. We know the dark side of the weekend was Trey White Obviously, that is not going to help the chances. Unfortunate. But, on the flip side, the offense was able to put up points. Obviously, Josh Allen in the first half was unable to be perfect. But, no quarterback and no gunslinger, really is ever really perfect. Tom Brady, closest perfect you can probably get. Saw a video of him turn around and do a ball fake to Leonard Fournette and call out the coverage, cover two. It was so cool. He's so cool. But anyways, Josh Allen needs to do a better job of being like Brady and something that I probably would have written on the blog, but I might continue to talk about here on the podcast he is falling back into a habit of just needing to do it and who knows if it's a bad habit or a good habit he seems to have gotten better at it over the years he's under more control when he throws on the run but one thing that I saw him doing two years ago towards the end of the year is staying strong and staying tough in the quicksand when the pocket is closing and his posture would stand up straight and I said he looks like Tom Brady standing in the pocket like that and he has started dancing around doing the doing the bull bull chase doing the matador Kyle Brands called him sugar high Josh Allen I would starting to want to call him the matador or the I've called Cole Beasley the rodeo clown far before any of his uh, post-pandemic 
political stances, he just reminded me of a crazy, crazy guy that would get in the rodeo and be a rodeo clown, flipping upside down, making crazy catches. But there's a certain level of Josh's dynamic that is meant to be that way, but it doesn't change the fact that he needs to keep his eyes downfield. And sometimes he's going to need to take a hit. He's not afraid to take the hit when it's at his expense, but not that I want him just sacrificing his body, but sometimes he's going to need to stand in the pocket and take a hit. It's it's a penalty at the end of the day if he does take the hit nine times out of ten with today's rules. We have a long break before we have the Patriots on primetime Monday night football. I have been high on the Patriots since the beginning of the year and my preseason blog. My preseason game-by-game preview where I went before anything ever started. I predicted every game. You can check it out on the blog bluemafia.com just for a word to readers I never change anything especially predictive stuff like that I think I had us about 8 and 2 or 8 and 3 right now in the season preview but on the voodoo side of things I predicted a bad injury happening in the Saints game I said hopefully we could get out of this one safely but unfortunately we did not but i don't think i don't think it's over and as much as as much as Trey White is a loss this is the type of thing that this team could rally around and when they came out of the locker room for the second half they seemed to be playing with it that bloodthirsty hungry humble feeling again and it's weird how a team can rally around something like Trey White's injury but I do think that they can rally around it and they have enough bodies on the defense that they can manipulate what they typically would do and Leslie Frazier is going to put his coaching hat on and I think that we're going to be all right we might give up a couple more points but it's going to require more responsibility and onus to be on the offensive coordinator quarterback offensive line skill positions to not just drop balls downfield and score in quick bunches but know how to really choke out a team something that the Patriots are fairly good at the Patriots, like I said, I've been high on them since they got Mac Jones. He just obviously screamed Tom Brady prototype. He looked like the type of person, quarterback, that Bill Belichick would want. And you know that Bill and them knew they were onto something when they got rid of uh, Stephon Gilmore. Once he was gone, you sort of assume that they have something going on. And Matt Judon, another guy, as you know, if you listen or read anything by me, uh, I was huge on him when he played for the Ravens. I just think he plays the game 
like an absolute animal and and the way that you'd like to see someone play the game and i was not sure why the patriots didn't get more press for getting that guy but once stefan gilmore left they also got jamie collins back uh dante high tower not even sure if he still plays there he might have left but he might have come back van noy left cam back you know that they're gonna bring it and now that trey white is out can the bills rally around it i think they can i think that guys like stefan diggs will step up this time of the year i like things that he's saying um emmanuel sanders has made a terrific catch on the sideline it does seem like the quarterback and the receivers and the tight end have a good rapport matt briata brought in great energy i think that he sees the field like a veteran and it's good to have him out there especially in game situations because it it's only going to make Singletary better to see a guy succeed like Briata has at the high level that he has. And overall, at my confidence level, I would give it about an 8, 8.3. The Trey White thing definitely is going to be felt, but how it is sort of uh absorbed you hear a lot about we're gonna flush this one that's the new thing we're gonna flush this one like it's a piece of shit it's still gonna be absorbed through the digestive tract and your bloodstream into the lifeblood of your organization when you have those stinging losses and when you have a stinging loss to a bad team that's one thing but when you take a stinging loss when a good guy gets hurt it's the type of thing that could be something to rally around it's sad it's it's fucked up but he's gonna be back he's not dead and the bottom line is the bills can rally around it so we're gonna take a quick break i'm gonna grab my coffee I'm going to check on the cats in the other room. Make sure they're doing okay. And uh, we'll be back with the top five quarterback matchups of the week. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks for listening, guys. It's your boy, Jer. Back with the... NFL Implications, brought to you by Dennis Reynolds. These five games every week, I've broken them down for you. I tell you which two QB matchups around the NFL have big implications all around the league and all season long. All around the league and all season long. Implications. We have a sort of some playoff implications officially starting in a 17 game year so who do we got there's no particular prioritization of these top five they're just the top five sometimes it's a little bit harder to find five good qb matchups 
Sometimes it's a little bit easier. This week it seemed pretty easy, especially after we had a couple of good QB matchups during the Turkey Bowl games. I remember when I was a kid and there wasn't a night game. You know, when the Sears catalog was already getting broken out, Santa's list was being written. So, all right, let's do it. Santa's list, top five quarterback matchups. I got the Willie Beeman t-shirt on because we're all about the quarterbacks here at Blue Mafia, but we're football lovers. We're football players first, quarterbacks second. Fans third. Baker somehow keeps making the list. And he makes this list because he's in the spotlight again. Kid's always in the spotlight. He takes on poopy pants Lamar Jackson on primetime, who we know poops his pants on primetime. But he always shows out on primetime. Sometimes he poops his pants Sometimes he does a little touchdown dance, that Lamar Jackson. He's so fancy. How could you not like primetime Lamar? All jokes aside, how could you not like Lamar primetime? Baker's pretty fun. What can I say? I've always thought he was fun. What about you? Tell me in the comments. That one's going to be good, though. Steelers Bungles. This division is like a primetime drama series. There's just always drama. And if you go back, I ranked all the divisions by their quarterbacks. This one's a good one. Every AFC matchup is a good game, and it always has playoff implications. Big Ben is looking good. I'm going to say it again. Big Ben is looking good. He's got the snap going. He's limping around, which could provide evidence that he's not going to last the year. But also, he's limping around. He's feeling good. He's that old guy at the party that just throws way too well, and he just found it. He just fucking found it. Is he peaking too early, or is he going to carry this into a playoff run? Perfect timing. He's one hit away. At the other end of his career, Joey Bags Burrow, once again making the top five NFL implication quarterback matchups of the week here at Blue Mafia. Kid's always fun to watch. He'll take a shot to the throat. He'll get up smoking Joe, throwing TDs to his boys. They didn't draft a lineman, as they'll tell you. Has there ever been a player linked to a team more than Panay Sewell that hasn't actually ever been on the team? I didn't think so. Just had to make sure that there wasn't a fucking lawnmower going on outside. If they were lawn, mowing the lawn today, I mean, come on. Beautiful weather today in Buffalo, though. Thank you, Lord. Next one. Titans-Patriots. 
we got a Ryan Tannehill without his big alien receivers, and it's just fortunate for the Patriots that they get to take on the Titans without the big receivers or the big running back that they really expected to carry them into the next, you know, three years. And they're all out. They're all out for this big game that Vrabel obviously cares a lot about. There's going to be a lot of Vrabel shots in this game. It's going to be hard to stomach, honestly. Everyone keeps talking about how excited they are for the Patriots and the Titans, and all I can think of is Vrabel, Vrabel face and Belichick face times two with Steve Belichick with his weird mullet. God, no thanks. It's a no watch for me. I'll probably watch a couple plays here and there. Blech. I'll probably watch the whole thing. But Max Jones is pretty fun to watch, and Matt Judon is pretty fun to watch. So, unfortunately, I'll be doing a little scouting there. Um, still really disappointed that the Bills lost to the Titans. Uh, we should have finished that game for sure. And this game is why we should have, obviously, why we should have finished that. Because now the Patriots get them on a weak sauce game week. Next one Bucks at Colts. Thomas Brady gets to go to the house that Manning built and take on Frank and Carson and Taylor Made. Always want to say Fred Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, absolute beast, track star, running real well on the carpet. Outside, inside, indoor, outdoor. The Colts are tough. They have a tough O-line. The Bucks, they're going to bring it. They're trying to peak. Gronkowski's back. He's getting open. He's protecting himself. He's playing a little squeamish. But he's also Gronkowski. And they have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. They're like saving uh, Ronald Jones as well. I just want people to remember that Ronald Jones is just fresh cattle, just waiting to come in. He's just been in the stow, just waiting, stowed away, fresh, fresh meat. But Leonard Fournette's gotten all the carries, and he's obviously their number one back, and we've seen a little Gio Bernard, but we haven't seen any Ronald Jones, and I don't think it's doghouse. I don't think he's in the doghouse. I think that they're just trying to keep him fresh and keep him a secret so that all of a sudden he breaks out for 180 yards in some playoff game in the in the mud, the blood, and the guts. And he can, he can catch well. So keep your eye out for Ronald Jones. Uh, I have a feeling Brady's been saving him for later like his last piece of gum uh and then lastly we have a tale of two vets one who sailed for greener pastures after a lifetime of failure and he's now his wife is still throwing pretzels at people maddie stafford a guy who i've always just sort of thought was a little overvalued I thought he was overvalued. 
him and uh, Georgia took the boots to one of my favorite teams, the Colt Brennan, June Jones, Hawaii Rainbow Warriors in the Sugar Bowl. Absolutely destroyed them. And Stafford has just always gotten to play with superior talent. And I'm not going to say that he can't throw because he throws a perfect ball. He looks like a baseball player. He's got a perfect throw, perfect whip. And he throws a pretty ball. But I've never thought that he was a tough kid. I've never thought that he evolved into this, like, baller. He throws a pretty ball. But the bottom line is now... OBJ is in, Robert Woods is out. And Robert Woods was doing a lot of unselfish things for that Rams team. Trust me, he was on my fantasy team, and I know how good he is. And he was doing a lot of blocking, a lot of uh, decoying, and doing a lot of things that were helping to make Cooper Cooper Cup get open. And I just don't know if you're going to continue to get that production from Cooper Cup now that you don't have the unselfish... um, Robert Woods to do those unselfish things. So let's see what you got, Matt Stafford. Let's see what you can do. Taking on Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, two young coaches, two old QBs. It's like, it's pretty cool to see two young coaches and two old QBs like this. I'm a fan of Rodgers. I was like this with Brett Favre. I didn't really like him when he was younger, and as he got older, I started to appreciate him. You can't not appreciate the ease and comfort in Rodgers' quarterbacking. It's like one of the only guys other than maybe Jay Cutler to look so chill and just having a good time, just like he's out playing the game by himself. You can't not enjoy it. So that's it. That's the top five QB matchups of the week. I appreciate you all listening. Let me know you're out there. I know you're out there somewhere. Let me know you're listening. If you're a Bills fan, if you're an NFL fan, if you're just a fan of the game of the football, let me know you're out there. Let's hop on Zoom. Let's let's compare and contrast. I'm down to talk. I'm down to have somebody on. I haven't really asked anybody. I did ask my one buddy, Jeff. Maybe he'll be on. Somebody's going to be on. Someday we're going to be in a beautiful studio live. We're going to be going live. You know, people working. People having jobs. Jobs that they love. Drinking out of Tasmanian Devil Cups like Clark Griswold after his Christmas bonus. Let's enjoy these holidays, babes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you.